We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. Alex Barutha here with Shannon McEwen. Ken, the K-Train Kreitz, out today. He is traveling, uh, so fan, fans of Ken should just immediately turn off the podcast now and wait till next week. All right, we, uh, lost, we lost one listener. All right, let's go. <laughs> Uh, Let's dive right into it. We're going with the top 10 overrated players, busts, if you will, guys who are being drafted too high uh, this draft season. It's pretty early still, but I think this is a good time to identify some guys who are being overdrafted. Uh, Shannon, let's have you kick things off with your first bust pick of the early draft season. Well, let's let's go let's go large. Joel and Embiid, you know, going right in that number three, four, five range, top five in, in every draft I've been a part of at least. I can't do it, man. I, I can't do yeah. it. You know, I th- I feel like this year you have a clear cut top three at least. You know, specifically in best ball, that's definitely a case for points based leagues. Uh, Jokic, Giannis, and Luca. Um, you know, that order can can adjust a little bit i believe Jokic, no matter the format is going to be the top overall pick but once you get past those three you know you've got Embiid is really the guy and i just i can't pull the trigger on Embiid with the fourth pick or a top five pick i'm gonna go tatum 99 out of 100 times if i have that spot you know Embiid's great you know per game basis as valuable as any other player in fantasy but especially in the first couple of rounds the the amount of games played that you're projecting for a player matters Embiid played a career high 68 games last year you know hopefully he can at least match that maybe play more that would be fantastic but until I see him play 75 games it's hard for me to justify selecting him with a top five pick I agree. I will say if you are in a more old school two center league, I can understand drafting and be top five. Although that also bumps up the value of every other center and you could just wait and draft it to another center later. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Shannon. I mean, I think this is a case of there are some guys who are relatively injury prone throughout their career. 
and then they have like one especially healthy year and people are like, all right, he's good now. This happened with like Michael Porter, missed his entire rookie season. Um, last year, not last year, two years ago, had a pretty healthy season. And then people are like, maybe he's just not, maybe he's just not that injury prone. And then they draft him. He plays like 11 games. Um, this see this past season where he played 68 games was the only time in Embiid's career where he's ranked better than 13th in total eight cap value. So for most of his career, he's a guy you should be drafting at the turn and then hoping you get that value out of him. Uh, I agree. Too injury prone for me at the start of the draft. This is also coming from a guy uh, who I've been drafting, Kevin Durant, because he keeps slipping to me at pick like eight. But at that point, you know, again, if Embiid were to slip to you at the turn, then that's where you take him. Um, right. But we're talking about guys at their ADP who are overdrafted, and I'm with you. I'm not drafting Embiid at like five. Yeah, yeah. He's still he's still worthy of a top ten pick, you know, no matter the format. But top ten is different than top five. And if I'm if I have a top five pick. Again, it's just hard for me to justify. I, I I also worry. It's not just about games played with Embiid. I also do worry about the presence of Harden for the entire season. So this isn't the same as playing alongside Ben Simmons, who never shoots the ball, right? You, you've got another high-volume shooter on your team, and that doesn't even factor in Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. Like, they have four dudes who can fill it up, and, and there's going to be plenty of games where Embiid doesn't have to put forth the the – Yes, MVP runner-up type campaign that he did last year. They have a really strong team this year. Could give them even more leeway than usual to sit Embiid. Uh, the first bust that I am taking or I am noting is Carl Anthony Towns. I mentioned this on the pod before. He's going at seven on Yahoo. Um, he currently just went fifth in a draft that I'm doing. I... I loved him there in the past. I, I've been a guy banging the drum for, for Towns in the past saying he's one of the most underrated fantasy players of the past five years, maybe at least of the, like the elite guys um, consistently ranks. He's, he's ranked eighth like three times in his career, ranked third before ranked 11th last year. I'm just worried about the Gobert edition. I think it's going to mess up his rebounding, which was already at a career load 9.8 uh, Towns assists. Uh, decreased almost by a full assist last year compared to the year before with the emergence of Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards stock continues to go up. He will get more usage. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say because the numbers translate so differently, right? You're thinking towns, he's going to be less on the interior. He's shooting more threes. How does that sort of thing translate from a field goal percentage to three pointers made perspective? Um, again, I'm worried about his blocks where those were at a career low 1.1 already last year. I get it. I, I get wanting to draft Towns in the in the first round. I'd still consider him roughly at the turn, but I'm I'm worried he could have his first worst fantasy season, which for him would still be like twentieth. But right. I'm I'm worried about the Gobert edition. Yeah, there there's a couple uh, concerns with Towns. I am still fine taking him at the turn. I do. I agree. I think seven uh, is a little bit too high. You know, for for the reasons you mentioned, and even if looking at just last year. Without Gobert on the team, Towns was already at 9.8 rebounds, career low. Um, the shooting – if he does step out and play on the perimeter more, the shooting percentage is – it's going to go down. You know, he is a very good three-point shooter, 41% from downtown last season. Uh, you know, 41 – and uh, we haven't projected for just under 42% from downtown this year. But that is going to lower his field goal percentage, which was at 53%. 
It's tough. It's tough. Extra value for three-pointers made, sure, but I also don't know that he's a lock to lead this team in scoring. I, I expect Anthony Anthony Edwards to take another step forward, and with that, he could be the guy who, who's actually the go-to scorer for this team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. Town should still get run at center. I think that's kind of the hope for a lot of people. It's like, well, he'll just play back up center. I think that's true. I mean, their team is so thin that I think he will get, you know, 10, 15 minutes of backup center. But uh, I'm not sure that will necessarily help us rebounding enough. Who's your next guy, Shannon? All right. Uh, a fan favorite. Uh, LeBron James. I've seen LeBron James go at, yeah, pretty much anywhere in the first round. Uh, his value and his ADP varies from site to site a little bit. It is right around 12 or 13 uh, on season uh, redraft leagues for ESPN, Yahoo, Fantrax. Best ball underdog, he, he's going around eight and a half uh, for ADP. I, I There's some... You could justify taking him at the turn there in the 12-team league. Uh, taking him at, at eight or nine, uh, I feel like, is quite the reach. And it's a very similar thought process as to my Embiid pick. And, and I just – I can't justify spending a first-round pick on a player who may only play 65 games. It's, it's, it's you know, he's entering his age 37 or 38 season – um, he's still playing tons of minutes. He, he's great when he is on the court, but he played 45 and 56 games the past two years. 
So it's hard for me to project him for more than 65 at this point. I feel like that even that's almost optimistic. And, and with that in mind, I I'm not picking I'm not picking LeBron James with the top 15 pick. Maybe not top 20. Um, there's too many other really good players. Yeah, I saw I saw a comment on Twitter earlier this week where there are there are, you know 30 top 20 players in fantasy hoops this year, and that that's pretty much how I feel about it as well. So there are just too many other good options for me to go with LeBron with the top 20 pick. Yeah, you mentioned LeBron's missed games, has played 223 games in four seasons with the Lakers. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he had a great year per game last year. No one's no one's denying that. He ranked fourth, right? But um, ended up being 16th overall in his 56 appearances. Um, I That would be lower in a normal season, except everybody, people, I, I even forget this sometimes. Last year, COVID was still messing things up at the beginning of the year. Like Joe Johnson played for the Celtics last year. That happened. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that. He went uh, early second round in the draft. I did. I think that's fine. And maybe even a little late. It depends on how you feel. But a lot of this also does come down to the minutes. Because last year he played so well, but he played 37 minutes a game, which is ridiculous for obviously a 37-year-old. The years before that, I mean, 2020-21, he played 33. Before that, 35. I know the roster is thin. Um, I don't know what's going on with Westbrook. If they if they pull him back down to like 33 minutes a game and they rest him here and there, maybe he gets hurt again, plays like 60 games. I'm with you. It's just it just can't happen that he's like going to rank eighth or something per game, or probably won't. Um, my next guy, Dejounte Murray, who's pretty consistently going 25th on like every single site, which is kind of bizarre to me that. A lot of sites, they're not aligned like this, but everyone's like 25. Let's do it. Grab DeJounte Murray. Ranked 12th last year, being the number one option for the Spurs, who were absolutely tanking and absolutely trying to feature him as a point guard. Uh, I will say, I don't see any reason that his uh, steals numbers should decrease. That was two steals a game last year. Uh, however... Playing that he's playing next to another point guard now in Trey Young, who's one of the most high usage players in the NBA. Maybe they play Trey Young off ball a little bit more. I think that will happen, but I don't think it's going to happen a ton. And Dejounte Murray himself is not a great floor spacer, which creates its own issues. Uh, so I expect Dejounte Murray's both his points and assists to decrease. And an important part of his fantasy value last year is he was grabbing eight point three rebounds per game for a relatively weak front court. Now he's on a, he's in a front court with Clint Capella, who's a dominant rebounder. Okongwu comes off the bench. He's a good rebounder. You have John Collins up there who, uh, who's grabbing boards as well. So there's a chance, he, you know, uh, DeJounte Murray slips back down to like six, seven boards a game in addition to lower points and assists. I'm not saying you have to wait till like pick 70 to draft DeJounte Murray, which is where he ranked like the prior two years. But I'd rather get him at like that 40, 30-ish to 40 range. That's where I'd feel more comfortable and where I feel like he'll settle um, during the season. Yeah. I have a feeling you're rarely going to land Murray if, if that's what it takes, which is fine. You know, that's, that's your choice. I am not personally as worried about Murray uh, just because he was so dominant last year with San Antonio. I, you know, like you, I expect to see a step back, but if, if they're, if he's still 18, six and six or 18, seven and seven in that range with the elite steals numbers, and, you know, my guess is they, they're going to have him working on his three-point shot quite a yeah. bit as well. 
Um, I also think this team could benefit from from playing Trey off the ball a little bit and getting him some open shots uh, to, to space the floor. So I, I think there's still going to be top 25 production from Murray, even with the step back. Uh, so I, I'm not grabbing him in the top 25 usually. Uh, it's rare, maybe done it once or twice uh, in a best ball draft. But but if he drops to the 30 range and I, I'm targeting guard there, I have I have no issues grabbing him there. Yeah, the problem to me, I feel like 25 is a ceiling. And I just, I don't like drafting players at their ceiling. I feel like sure. there's always someone there who 25 might be closer to their floor. And I would just rather grab him there. Uh, but I get it. Steelers production could be there. They play Trey Young off the ball more. Things are fine. Uh, your next bus, Shannon, is one of my uh, fantasy darlings, unfortunately. A guy I love to draft, but I understand why you have him on this list. He's a super fun player to draft and, and, and a regular player uh, on, you know, about half my teams, it feels like, in the past, <laughs> past few years. Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA for the Thunder. Yeah, it, it's the same. It's the same reasons why he didn't live up to the hype last year. That concerned me this season. You know, once Chet, once Chet Holmgren went down with injury and, and you know, the news came out that he was going to miss the season, I immediately downgraded SGA uh, and pretty much at anyone on the Thunder, SGA and Giddy at least, the two building blocks for the team. I just see the Thunder, you know, once again uh, tanking. And there's plenty of reasons to tank for, for next year's draft. You know, SGA's already dealing with an injury. He's already got a knee knee issue, and it looks like he might not be ready for the start of the season. I was worried about the shutdown potential before that knee injury. Now with that, it's, it's pretty much a lock. I mean, if I'm picking between SGA or Murray in that 25 to 30 range, I'm going Murray every time. For the health reason, I, I understand SGA has higher upside, especially now that Murray's in Atlanta. But there's too much there's too much injury risk and just general tank tank risk where risk where a guy like SGA is going to get shut down. Yeah, I agree with you. The upside is definitely higher. Um, that would be a hard choice for me, Murray versus SGA. I think that's a good that's a good question. But the we should expand on the injury a little bit. It's a grade two MCL sprain. Suffered it during a recent workout, but said that he was able to finish the session and did not feel any pain. And then the next morning he woke up and they're like, this kind of hurts. And then they gave him an MRI. That was that. Uh, so it seems like he'll be ready for the start of the regular season. But again, why would you rush him back? Right. Uh, so if he misses the first two weeks of the season, nobody should be surprised. And at that point, you can't draft him exactly where he's going you don't want to downgrade a guy too much for missing like the first two weeks of the year kind of like a chris middleton situation but i'm with you on that there's very strong chance he's a bust again this year especially where he's being drafted as good as a lot of us know that that he is as a as a real life player it's just it's a tough it's a tough pick to make i'd say he's a little less risky if you're in a league that ends the season early you know you end on, on march 31st and yeah. instead of april 15th um you know two or three weeks early he, his value is a little bit higher, uh, but, you know, the odds of him playing basically like the last 10 games of the season are, are you know, astronomically low. <laughs> yeah, any any league that I set up, I have end on March 31st. I'm like, we shouldn't have to deal with whatever's going on in April. That, that doesn't feel real. But, yeah, like it's a good that's a good point to make. If your league ends early, and if you're in a best ball, 
where you don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm stopping guys in and out. Guys like SGA who could get periodic rest or even like Kawhi Leonard, for example, those guys get a little bit of a bump up in value because you don't have to worry about them getting hurt on a Monday and then you get zeros. A little bit. I mean, even even for best ball, though, definitely mind the schedule. See when the you know, if you're in a big tournament for best ball, you need a lot of those guys to be healthy and, and, and available to play and contribute to your lineup for the last couple of weeks of the season. So it, it depends on the schedule for best ball as well. Yeah. Uh, my next boss, Christian Wood, um, who I I think everybody has mixed feelings on at this point because I thought that he, when they brought him into Dallas that he would be the number two option to Luka Doncic. And then all of a sudden it's uh, actually JaVale McGee is going to start. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is also going to start. And Christian Wood's coming off the bench now. And uh, that worries me because the from uh, – I can't remember who said it. it was a beat reporter on a podcast said that the – idea uh, of Jason Kidd is that he wants Christian Wood to prove it that he can buy it on defense before he puts him in on the starting lineup that should be a concern for everybody uh, interested in drafting Christian Wood now at some point I do think he's too talented and this team is relatively shallow and he'll still end up playing I, if he plays less than 28 minutes a game I will legitimately be shocked um, but the thing is he ranked 74th last year in 31 minutes a game for a team where they just kind of let him do whatever he want. Um, I know Kevin Porter and Jalen Green were there, but Christian would have had a lot of leeway in, in those 31 minutes. This year, I don't know as much with Doncic there. Jason Kidd's obviously like a real coach who, who has a system in place, wants things done on a, a two-way perspective. Wood's going between 45 and 65 this year. He's going earlier than he ranked last year. I, I can't do it. I got to draft him later than he ranked last year, which was 74th. Um, I I guess there's a possibility he becomes more efficient getting those passes from Doncic. I, I don't love it. Yeah, no, I understand the worry with it. You know, it would be a lot easier uh, to stomach where he's going right now uh, if he were a lock to start. Um, I still think that they may change their mindset on that and move him into the starting lineup. I, I don't feel like JaVale McGee should truly be a starting center for, for a team that wants to be a contender. Uh, maybe that's the, the, there's the same thought about Christian Wood, but uh, he's better than, better <laughs> than McGee. I, you know, with Wood, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not comfortable taking him top 50, but if he drops to the 60 range, you know, some other, some formats like underdog, Fan tracks, he's going in the 63, 64 range as opposed to 55 and 46 for Yahoo. If it's that 60, 65 range, I'm more comfortable selecting him. Uh, you know, I, I do think he will still play about 30 minutes per game. And we saw what he did, you know, 18 and 10 uh, with, with 31 minutes per game last, last year in Houston. So there's still upside. Uh, it's just a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit softer upside lower upside than what you would like for a player who who has scored 21 points per game uh in the past two years is he this is a completely is he the first bench player off the board in fantasy he must be right at this point yeah i believe so. i can't really imagine anybody else um i guess that's about the range that you would reach up for like a, a really strong bench guy 50 60 tyler hero Tyler Hero might come off the bench still, and he's going in like that 60 range. 
Uh, but that I di- I digress. Um, Shannon, who is your next bust? All right, we're going to go back to Philly. Tyrese Maxey. Maxey's a fine player. He's got a pretty high floor. You know, he took it took a step up last year. Uh, average finishing with averages of 17 and a half, 3.2 rebounds, 4.3 assists. Not doing a ton on the defensive side, 0.7 steals in 35 minutes per game. Um, but good percentages. Uh, also doesn't really 1.83 is a solid. I would like to see him come up hit more. His, his efficiency actually his his three-point shot was much improved last year for almost 42.7%. Uh, I just want to see higher volume from him. Um, I, I like Maxi as a player. I think he's fine. I think he's going to be good. My worry here is, is similar to Embiid. Yeah, not the game's played aspect, but the fact that you have Tobias Harris, you have Joel, Joel Embiid, and you have James Harden on this team. You know, Tyrese did fairly well. His scoring actually went up after Harden joined the team last year. But a lot of his other stats, including assists, went down. I, I, I think we're going to see Tyrese Maxley have trouble replicating the value he had last year. You know, I think he's still going to be solid overall. You know, have 16, 17 points, uh, maybe four and a half assists or so. But at the range he's going in the draft, that 60 to 70 range, I'm, there are much better options that have much higher ceilings, in my opinion, like Jamal Murray, like Kellen Sexton. Those are probably the two guys I'm definitely targeting over him. Jalen Brunson's another guy going to this similar range. Those are all guys with much higher ceilings this year. So it's it's more about I, I'm avoiding Maxi given his current ADP. If he drops to like the 75-80 range uh, and those other guards are off the board, then I like him a lot more. Yeah, those other guys you mentioned, Brunson, Sexton, Jamal Murray, those guys are number one or number two options on their team. Uh, and Maxie's a third option. Maybe. And he's a very he's a very good, he's a very good um like I, I love Maxie long term. I think he's like actually yes. an excellent player. But I, I think I think your concerns are valid. Um, you know, he's great from the free throw line. He's pretty efficient from the field. Um, I the three pointers. I've I've heard some people say maybe that's not as real, um, but yeah, I, I think drafting him super high, um, you know, in that like fifty-ish range, don't love it. Uh, I think there are guys with higher upside for this season, um, but I think both of us agree in like a dynasty league, if you can get your hands on him and you know have him for the next three, four, five years, there's probably a lot of upside coming out the other end. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's just that if where he's going right now. You know, you're basically you're drafting him, hoping that he has seasons that Jamal Murray and Colin Sexton have already had. Right, <laughs> and they've already had those seasons, and, and good, they're in good position to have those seasons again this year. And even a guy like Jalen Brunson, who was pretty fantastic for for the Mavs last year, even though his role wasn't as large at the beginning of the season as it was at the end. I mean, he's going to be handed the keys for the Knicks, and, and yeah, they have R.J. Barrett, yeah, they have Julius Randle. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jalen Brunson's the best fantasy option uh, from that Knicks roster this year. Next up, Russell Westbrook. Uh, huge variation in ADP based on where you're drafting. Uh, understandable if you're in a points league versus a roto league, uh, why this would be the case, given his awful free throw shooting. Um, 
not even just free throw shooting. He's just a terrible shooter, point blank at everything. Um, last year averaged, listen, terrible year last year in Roto ranked like 101st per game. Points leagues, 37 fantasy points a game. So still good. Um, and I, so I understand why his ADP is, he's going between like 40 and 85, depending on the site that you look at. Still, I, I don't believe in a Russell Westbrook revival tour. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to come off the bench or not. They're trying to, tra- they're obviously trying to trade him. I've heard some people speculate that if he gets traded, he's basically out of the league or we'll have to settle for like a, like a true six man, like 24 minutes a game role. I don't know if that's true. I, it, w- whether or not it is the fact that people are seriously considering it and there's not, there's not real pushback on that tells you the point at which Westbrook is in his career. I could not, could not draft him higher than 75. To me, that's, that's, that's suicide in fantasy. Um, in points leagues, maybe, but again, it's so risky, so risky. The, a guy the team actively dislikes and does not want on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you. In points leagues, I will draft him in that 75 range, but any earlier than that, we're going to go, I'm going to go with any of the options that we just discussed, you know, the, any of those yeah. guards, even Maxi. Um, I'm going to go with any of them instead. And, and then, like his ADP and ESPN 40 is just absurd. You know, underdog points-based best ball league. I get, I get it with 47, um, but he probably should be in that 75 to 85 range, which is what we're seeing on Yahoo and fan tracks. You know, even our, our mock draft that we did uh, on, on fan tracks, I picked him with 115 at pick 115. And I understand why, like that's a rotisserie league. Uh yeah. You know, it totally makes sense. I did not want to pick him, but at 115, I feel like he's an absolute steal. Uh, would, I had zero interest picking him, uh, you know, any sooner than that, though. So, you know, that, that was just one where at, at that point of the draft, I was forced forced to pick him. Uh, but top 80, no, I'll, I'll let someone else do that for, for standard leagues. Best ball, I'm still comfortable doing 70 or 80. The 85 rank on Yahoo is shocking since that's nine cat and Westbrook's a turnover machine. I don't, I don't really understand that one. Um, But I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything that's uh, too controversial here. Uh, Okay. Who is uh, your last bus Shannon? I'm going to go with Wendell Carter, Orlando magic, nothing against Carter. I think he's a solid player. It was nice to see him kind of fulfill some of that promise last year. He, he averaged 15, 10 and a half, uh, 1.1 three-pointers made. Uh, oddly, though, his defensive uh, stats went down 0.6 steals. That's right about his career norm, but 0.7 blocks uh, while playing a career-high 29.8 minutes. Without the, you know, in that type of playing time, I would have expected about one and a half blocks per game. So twice as many as what he, what he, what he actually finished with last season. Without the blocks, it, it's harder for me to get too excited about about Carter, and that's before we even take a look at the Magic step chart. You know, Franz Wagner busted out last year. You got the number one overall pick of the draft coming in. Mo Bamba's still there. Mo Wagner's still there. Okiki, Jonathan Isaac's going to probably, hopefully, return this season. There's a lot of players in that front court, and while – 
Carter is probably still considered a long-term piece or, you know, one of the, one of the main long-term pieces for the magic. I, I don't think he's, he's necessarily at where he was when he, when they acquired him a year and a half ago. I don't know. I, I'm worried. I'm worried that there's too many other pieces. If Mo Bamba, if just one of those pieces weren't, wasn't factored in, uh, you know, like Mo Bamba not being resigned, I would feel better about selecting Carter. But right now, picking him with uh, top 100 or, or picking him somewhere in the 90 to 100 range feels way too risky, especially for a center who doesn't really block shots. The front court in Orlando is loaded. Um, and so you got to be careful when you are thinking about drafting guys there. Now I'm not as worried about like Van Carroll minutes wise. Cause he's just, right. he's just going to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that go Kiki, Isaac, Bamba situation. Um, even Terrence Ross is still on this team. You know, they might have to feature him to trade him. The Wendell Carter thing, I think his blocks, they may have had a hout on the perimeter a little bit more last year while sending Bamba at the rim. I'm someone who's per- like personally down on Bamba this year. I think people are yes. really mixed. People are really mixed on that opinion. I, I think Bombo is going to actually just be like a straight up backup center this year. Um, they were really hesitant on trying to sign him. There was rumors that like the Rockets were interested and then they just backed away. And basically the magic wigged until the very last minute. We're like, all right, I, I guess, I guess we'll resign you because maybe we can trade you for like two seconds later. Um, so I'm, I'm not as worried about Carter as you are, but at the, at the same time, he did gain a lot of his value through like, almost three assists a game and Fultz is coming back and Bancaro is a ball handler. So if um, Carter's assists go back down to like two, uh, one and a half, something like that, then yeah. I mean, his, his value, especially if he can't get the blocks back, it's going to decrease. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I actually go as far. I will not draft Mo Bamba. Like it, it's, he has to drop to a ridiculously low point. Like, beyond one probably like 160 170 like i'd yeah. be in a deep league most 10 team and 12 team leagues aren't deep enough for me to draft mobaba I, I don't think he's gonna have any kind of role for or you know he'll have an off the bench role but i i fully expect his playing time to take a significant hit for that team i mean he played 20 25.7 minutes per game i wouldn't be surprised if it reverts back to the 15 minutes per game we saw his first three seasons yeah, post 150, I think makes sense. But the thing is, after 150, you're basically just taking guys who are like per minute, these guys are great. So if the guy ahead of him gets hurt and he starts, yeah. then I'm I'm in. You know what I mean? And a lot of that's best ball situations. So yeah, he is he's definitely one of those guys. I agree with you. 150 plus. Um, I get it just from a, a per minute standpoint. My last bust, Mikhail Bridges. Uh he's going between like 65, 85. I'm fine drafting him around that 85 range. I think that's good value for him, even pushing 75. Don't like him at 65. He went in the fifth round in a draft that I'm currently doing. But he's he's a very good player. They signed him to do a huge deal. Obviously, they like him, but he is a role player, and he's not even that great of a three-point shooter. I think I think the perception of Mikael Bridges is like, this guy's a marksman, like three and D. He made 1.43s per game last season. His career high was two years ago at 1.9, shooting 43%. That looks more like an aberration than uh, what's going to be the norm for him. Maybe he gets back up there. But I don't see where the extra usage comes from that really vaults him up anymore. Um, if anything, I think Cam Johnson is going to be the guy to take on more usage. 
And even in the playoffs, I mean, they they didn't feature Mikael Bridges at all. He averaged 13 points a game in 38 minutes. So I think this is a guy, he just, he's, he's reliant. He's a three and D player who doesn't really generate a lot of stats in either steals or threes. And I, he's a way, he's a perfect example of a guy who is immensely more valuable in real life than fantasy. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, it, it comes down to his offensive upside. Is it much more than what we've seen the past two years? I'm not sure it is. I feel like he's getting drafted um, as if people are expecting him to basically do like 20% more uh, than what he what he did last year. But nothing material has changed. His role hasn't changed. His skills haven't changed. You know, like you mentioned, if anything, maybe regressed a little bit with his three-point shooting last year. I, I don't. I just don't see the high ceiling for Bridges. Maybe it could be there if he was on a team where you know he was the true number two scoring option. But at best, he's number four on this team, and, and I wouldn't even put him there. I get. I get why people. So like, there's a top fifty player in there, and that's like if sure. he hits all. If he hits all the highs that he's hit throughout his career. So if he averages fourteen a game with like two and a half assists and the one point six steals and the one block, and the two threes, and the high feet. Like, that's in there, and it's happened, but never in the same season. So I get why some people are like, well, I, I believe in his talent overall. I, the Suns are committed to him. Maybe he'll have that year, and he'll be ranked, like, 50. Um, but I can't draft him there, assuming that will happen. Uh, so that's why, again, if I can get him at, like, I'm, I'm a cool taking him at 70. I'm fine with that. But um, anything significantly more than that i think is a is a little bit aggressive uh for someone who is again definitively a role player um who's who's low usage he's a low usage role player um okay before we jump into our central division fantasy preview a word from our friends at caesars with the nfl kicking off and the nba season nearing today is the best time to try caesar sportsbook Anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. Don't forget to use the promo code ROTO15 when signing up. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. Let's jump into the Central Division Fantasy Preview. Uh, this is Indiana, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Shannon's Detroit Pistons, and the Chicago Bulls. Let's start with Indiana. Uh, this is a team that um, is sort of in flux because of the trade rumors surrounding both Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Russell Westbrook's been a name that's floated out there. Obviously, Westbrook would probably be waived if that happened. But for now, both Heald and Turner are on the team. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were more of like trade deadline flips so they could still be on the team later. Um, so I'm gonna, But I'll give, you, I'll give you a little bit of runway here. We have Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Miles Turner as the main fantasy guys on this team right now. Give me your first thoughts on on either of those guys, any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about each of those three last week 
And, and yeah, you know, Ken, you and I are all fairly high on each of them. You know, I would draft Halburn's easily a top 20 guy for me. Uh, I'm going to pick him at the turn in a lot of drafts and be happy with it. It just kind of depends on who else is there. Still like Lillard and Trey Young more than, than Halliburton. But if we're going, you know, if those two are gone, I love Halliburton at the turn or with, you know, in general, top 15. Uh, he'll go into that 70, 75, 80 range. I think he's going to be better than that. He could very well lead this team in scoring. Uh, and then Turner, there's still there's still a ceiling that hasn't been realized with Turner. Um, he's obviously going to be an elite source of blocks. Uh his, his ADP, in my opinion, is actually crazy low uh, on most sites. I, I mean, you have Turner going uh, an underdog, for best ball at least, crazy low, 93rd. Um, I understand why, because you're looking at point totals. You know, the total fantasy points for that yeah. point-based league, he's not as impressive as he is in a categor- categorical rotisserie league where he carries that one category so strongly. But I still think there's that upside where Turner can go out and, you know, be a 17 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, hit more three-pointers than he has in the past. Uh, so I, I love him. I'm a, I, we're, all, we, we're also – our projections and rankings are very high on Turner. We have him as like a top 40 player. Uh, the only format where he approaches that ADP value is Yahoo at 49. Yeah, we uh, – if you put aside his rookie season – Eight cat, he's never ranked lower than 70th yeah. ever. Last year he was 38. Um, if there's going to be a season that he is featured and that he will grab more rebounds and that he will get more touches, it is this season. Um, but I, I like him in fantasy this year as well. Let's jump to Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee, maybe the most boring team in the NBA this offseason, did <laughs> absolutely nothing. Uh, drafted Marjan Bochamp. That's really about it. Nothing has changed with this team. I I struggle to even really give you any hot any take at all on this team. Chris Middleton dealing with a hand injury or a knee. I can't even honestly remember at this point. He might miss the start of the regular season. Again, maybe you drop his ADP, like, or maybe you drop his draft stock like a half round. Maybe. I don't know. It was a wrist surgery in july wrist for a torn ligament uh he's expected and this is as of july 12th so we should be getting an update as training camp nears but uh expected to be ready for the start of the regular season or near it um i i'll tell you i'm actually i'm dropping middleton like one or two full rounds um okay. and, and it's it's on top of him only playing 66 games last year um yeah, I, I like Middleton a lot, and, and I think that this Bucks team actually need him to be healthy and, and to be the yeah. twenty, you know, twenty-five and five guy he's been the past few years for them to be an elite team. Um, but I, I do worry just a little bit. He's he, he is getting older. He's he's in his thirties now. Um, a lot of players, especially players uh, uh, with. Yeah, his type of skill set, I will say, uh, not not the most athletic player. Um, they do start to fade when they reach this stage of their career. So I still like him a lot, but uh, I mean, could you pick him with a top fifty pick, a top forty pick? I'd say top forty, no way. But uh, he's going 41, 45, 48, 47, depending on the format. 
That's a little bit risky. I might I might be dropping him uh, about one round. Last three seasons, he's ranked 33, 35, 35 in per-game value. Truly a rock in fantasy. But I agree. You give it like 45 or 50, that's probably that's probably the safer call. Uh, they're Cleveland Cavaliers. There's a lot, uh, a lot going on here when they trade for Donovan Mitchell. Um, they have a fantastic starting lineup of uh, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, and then insert player X as the small forward who is either going to be a Coro or Lavert, or even Shaggy Osmond, maybe, if they're feeling crazy. Um, do you, I mean, I've seen Mobley go pretty early, like third round. Um, and I'm also seeing, you know, some drops for Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Do you have any strong leans on kind of what's happening with those guys' values? Yeah, I, I mean, Mobley definitely is, he's the second cab off the board, right? Donovan Mitchell's going to be the first cab off the board. I would say Mitchell's Mitchell's draft capital has dropped slightly um, since, since the trade. He was, you know, a firm top, you know, top 25 pick before the trade to Cleveland. I've seen him dip a little bit. Uh, since then, he's still going 20 and 22 on Yahoo and ESPN, 26 on underdog. Uh, but that 26 on underdog is trending in the wrong direction. It was, it was definitely a top 25 pick a few weeks ago. Um, I have trouble picking Mitchell with the top 30 pick now. I, I you know, it's not, I, I think that's where you have to pick him, and that's the right place to pick him. I just like other options better now that he's in Cleveland. Garland, kind of the same thing. I mean, Garland's Garland's value is all over the place, though. I, I, I see him, I'll see him get picked with a, a top 30 pick in some drafts. People reach for him, which I actually think that reaching for him before the Donovan Mitchell trade made a lot of sense. Um, now, I, I know I landed him with like pick 49 or so last night in a best ball draft. I love him in that range, but he's really right around 40 is where you have to pick him on most most platforms. He's higher than that on Yahoo, 25. Uh, I, I feel like Garland's good in the in the 40 range. Basically, him and Mobley are kind of side by side. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, yeah, here, here you go. Who has the highest ceiling, Mitchell, Garland, or Mobley for this season? This season, I think... I think it's Donovan Mitchell, but uh, I, just because he's been there and done that before, like he's he's out of all these guys, he's had the best fantasy season. And it's not like his team. I think it's still Garland's team, but I'm worried Garland's going to take a small step back. Um, not that significant. I think he'll still be a very maybe he'll be a more efficient player, stuff like that. Mobley's upside, unfortunately, is a little bit capped by Jared Allen being there. The rebounding upside is not quite there. The shot blocking upside is not as much there as if Mobley was playing center. Word on the street is that he can shoot threes very well now. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but I, I think it is still Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And then, you know, so outside of the top three, you, Jared Allen, we'll, we'll call it, we'll call it they have their, their top four guys. They're yeah, all yeah. locks, right? Uh, I do believe Okoro will start for them. I don't believe he's worth drafting in, in all but the deepest of leagues. Yeah. Uh, and then Levert and Kevin Love, probably the only two bench players that are going to be worth any kind of fantasy consideration from the Cavs. 
But again, that's for deeper formats. Most standard 12 and 10 teamers on Yahoo or ESPN will not need. I mean, you can still draft Levert. He is definitely a top 120 pick, uh, top 100 in a lot of formats. But Kevin Love, um, you know, 10 team weeks, definitely not worth it. Uh, deeper formats, best ball, he, he's worth a flyer there. He, he had a great season last year uh, as, as their sixth man. Yeah, both of those guys are essentially six men but have injury issues, which is a tough combination to draft inside the top 100. All right, let's go to your Detroit Pistons, uh, who just traded for Bojan Bogdanovic, gave away Kelly Olenek and Saban Lee with no draft picks. Just a straight-up Olenek and Saban Lee for Bojan trade. I like this a lot, but I'll, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I mean, speaking on the Bogdanovich trade specifically, um, it's tough. You, you would think that getting rid of getting Olenek out of town and, and would free up minutes in the front court for Marvin Moneybags or, or Isaiah Stewart, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. I believe before this trade, the plan was start Stewart, start Bagley side by side, and then you have Olenek as the backup. Um, you know, either one of Bagley or Stewart can slide to the four in that scenario. Um, I'm curious to see how this works out with, with Bogdanovich. I, I do believe Bogdanovich is basically a lock to start, um, which means either Bagley or Stewart have to go to the bench. A lot of folks thinks it's going to think it's going to be Bagley um, for defensive reasons. Uh, I look at the money the Pistons gave him, and, and I think Bagley is going to be the starting option he he gives uh Cade Cunningham a lob threat that is not there with Isaiah Stewart and absolutely not there with Bogdanovich uh <laughs> so and Bogdanovich yeah he helps space the floor he, he's a good fit with this team he could see some minutes at the three but I think it'll be the three and the four um splitting time between there he's not going to take a minutes away from Sadiq Bay. uh so it, it's a tough it doesn't clear up any kind of rotational uh, concerns you might have had the, about the Pistons. If anything, it makes it murkier. Um, but for Bogdanovich specifically, he's going to see a step back. He's not going to be asked to score as much as he was in Utah. Um, you know, he'll still be that three-point threat and a contributor on that end. But I do not expect him to average 18 points per game like he did last year. I think he's going to be probably more like the 15-point-per-game range with the Pistons. Um, you know, Cade's really the star. He's the main fantasy attraction with the Pistons. You're going to have to pick him with a top 35 pick, depending on the format. Yeah. Uh, 35 on Yahoo, 29 on Underdog, 45 on Fantrax. I, it's rare. I've seen him drop to the 40s uh, only like once in, in the 50 or so best ball drafts I've done so far this year. Um, usually you're picking him with the top 30 pick in, in that scenario. Uh, I think we're going to see – Huge strides from Cade in year two, uh, you know, 20, 20 plus points and five, six rebounds and assists per game are, are a lock in my opinion. Um, you know, the, the other options, Sadiq Bay, he'll be pretty safe. Efficiency concerns, field goal percentage in, in particular, but will be a huge source of threes. Probably the second highest scoring option on this team. Uh, Jaden Ivey, risky. Uh, he's going, he, he's going like in the 120 range for a lot of drafts that I've been a part of. I think him and Mathurin with the Pacers are, are, are kind of a 
a coin flip. Either one of those rookie guards would be a good option. It's kind of your personal preference, whichever one you want. But I don't, neither one of them in the same position as like Benchero to have immediate day one success. Uh, and then, you know, Stuart Bagley, uh, another, that's a coin flip, flip situation as well. Um, Stuart probably offers a little bit of a safer floor with some of his defensive contributions. Uh, but I think Bagley actually has the higher ceiling, especially if he can hit threes or, or actually contribute on the defensive end of the court. Um, but again, those guys, those are guys who are, you're, you're picking as like end of your bench, uh, big man fillers and, and they're all risky, but, uh, you know, if the the one thing I do know after Bogdanovich is I expect hardly any, I, I don't expect Jalen Duran to really fit in and be a fantasy uh, contributor at all this season after Bogdanovich was acquired. Yeah, there was. It sounds like Duran might be in the G League a little bit, so I I don't think he's draftable. As much as I, I mean, I I liked him for this team, but it was just like, yeah, now you got Bagley and Stewart and Nerlens is still there. And um, it's it's a tough situation to navigate uh, for yeah. a rookie. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said, Cade. I understand why he's going that early. He ranked 50th last year, eight cat per game, and that's even including the bad like first two months of the season that he had. So um, him going in that 25 to 35 range uh, makes total sense to me. All right, Chicago Bulls. Uh, not a lot changed here, although just being healthy will be big for them. The problem with that is that Lonzo Ball is already hurt again. Uh, undergoing surgery next week uh, on the 28th. He will be reevaluated four to six weeks later. Uh, this seems probably like a like kind of a cleanup surgery issue, but this was a meniscus injury gone wrong. Pretty similar to the thing that uh, caused Wiseman to miss all of last season for the Warriors. I, I don't know if I I doubt Lonzo Ball is going to be ready for the season, but they have so many options at point guard that I don't even know how to decipher what do you do about it. Like they got Dragic in the building now. Is he even that good anymore? Caruso is there, who I I do like for fantasy, but how high can you even draft him? Uh, Dasunmu, um, you know Dasunmu is fine, yeah. but um, really nothing changed for this team. No, no, I agree. And Desumu, you know, maybe he sees a little bit more value, can be drafted in some 12 and 14 team leagues now that there's the injury concerns with Lonzo Ball. But I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not expecting – my evaluation of this team is not that much different than what we saw last year. Yeah, yeah. Levine, DeRozan, Vooch are all going to do what they do, be fine. Lonzo Ball – I'm not touching them now, you know, given, given the injury struggles last year and, and where things are, are what we're looking at heading into the season this year, I'll just avoid him altogether. Uh, you know, you can give a slight bump to, to the Sunmu and, and Dragic and Caruso. Um, but, you know, if you're looking at breakout potential or someone who can surprise on this team, it's for me, Patrick Williams talked about him as one of my sleepers last week. Um, you know, he, he's, I believe he's what a lot of Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges uh, backers, that's what Patrick Williams, what they believe in, that's what Patrick <laughs> Williams could turn into this year. Um, now, I think he could be a less efficient version of Bridges, essentially, uh, for the Bulls. And, and with that, you know, that holds plenty of fancy value. And he's basically, 
you know, a steal, a late round dart right now where you can get them. Uh, yeah, it's just that that flyer in the 150, 140, 150 range. Um, so if your league's deep enough to roster that many uh, players, I think Patrick Williams is a great late round dart. Yep, really strong late round option. That'll do it for us, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by Caesars. See you guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.